Section 6 of Selected Works Poems by Valterine de Clare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Betrayed from Selected Works Poems by Valterine de Clare. So, you're the chaplain. You needn't say what you have come for. I can guess. You've come to talk about Jesus's love and repentance and rest and forgiveness. You've come to say that my sin is great, yet greater the mercy heaven will meet if I, like Magdalene, bend my head and pour my tears at your Savior's feet. Your promise is fair, but I've little faith. I relied on promises once before. They brought me to this this prison cell, with its iron-barred window, its grated door. Yet he, too, was fair who promised me, with his tender mouth and his Christ-like eyes. And his voice was as sweet as the summer wind that sighs through the arbors of paradise. And he seemed to me all that was good and pure, and noble and strong, and true and brave. I had given the pulse of my heart for him, and deemed it a precious boon to crave. You say that Jesus so loved the world he died to redeem it from its sin. It isn't redeemed, or no one could be so fair without, and so black within. I trusted his promise. I gave my life. The truth of my love is known on high. If there is a God who knows all things, his promise was false, his love was a lie. It was over soon, oh, soon the dream, and me, he had called his life, his light. He drove me away with a sneering word, and you Christians said that it served me right. I was proud, Mr. Chaplin. Even then, I set my face in the teeth of fate, and resolved to live honestly, come what might, and sink beneath neither scorn nor hate. Yes, and I prayed that the Christ above would help to bear the bitter cross, and put something here, where my heart had been, to fill up the aching void of loss. It's easy for you to say what I should do, but none of you ever dream how hard is the way that you Christians make for us. With your sin no more, trust the Lord. When for days and days you are turned from work with cold politeness or open sneer, you get so you don't trust a far-off God, whose creatures are cold and they so near. You hold your virtuous lives aloof, and refuse us your human help and hand, and set us apart as accursed things, marked with a burning, cane-like brand. But I didn't bend. Though many days I was weary and hungry, and worn and weak, and for many a starless night I watched through tears that grooved down my pallid cheek, 
they are all dry now. They say I'm hard because I never weep or moan. You can't draw blood when the heart's bled out. You can't find tears or sound in a stone. And I don't know why I should be mild and meek. No one has been very mild to me. You say that Jesus would be. Perhaps, but heaven's a long way off, you see. That will do. I know what you're going to say. I can have it right here in this narrow cell. The soul is slow to accept Christ's heaven when his followers chain the body in hell. Not but I'm just as well off here, better, perhaps, than I was outside. The world was a prison-house to me, where I dwelt, defying and defied. I don't know but I'd think more of what you say if they'd given us both a common lot, if justice to me had been justice to him and covered our names with an equal blot. But they took him into the social court and pitied and said he'd been led astray. In a month the stain on his name had passed as a cloud that crosses the face of day. He joined the church and he's preaching now, just as you are, the love of God, and the duty of sinners to kneel and pray and humbly to kiss the chastening rod. If they'd dealt with me as they'd dealt by him, maybe I'd credit your Christian love. If they'd dealt with him as they dealt by me, I'd have more faith in a just above. I don't know but sometimes I used to think that she, who was told there was no room in the inn at Bethlehem, might look down with softened eyes through the starless gloom. Christ wasn't a woman. He couldn't know the pain and endurance of it. But she, the mother who bore him, she might know, and Mary in heaven might pity me. Still, that was useless. It didn't bring a single mouthful for me to eat, nor work to get it, nor sheltering from the dreary wind and the howling street. Heavenly pity won't pass as coin, and earthly shame brings a higher pay. Sometimes I was tempted to give it up and go like others the easier way. But I didn't. No, sir, I kept my oath though my baby lay in my arms and cried. And at last, to spare it, I poisoned it and kissed its murdered lips when it died. I'd never seen him since it was born. He said it wasn't his, you know. But I took its body and laid it down at the steps of his door in the pallid glow of the winter morning. And when he came with a love tune hummed on those lips of lies, it lay at his feet, with its pinched white face staring up at him from its dead blue eyes. I hadn't closed them. They were like his, and so was the mouth and the curled gold hair. And every feature so like his own, for I am dark, sir, and he is fair. "'Twas a moment of triumph 
that showed me yet there was a passion I could feel, when I saw him bend o'er its meagre form, and starting backwards, cry out and reel, if there is a time when all souls shall meet the reward of the deeds that are done in the clay, when accused and accuser stand face to face, he will cry out so in the judgment day. The rest? Oh, nothing. They hunted me, and with virtuous lawyers, virtuous tears, to a virtuous jury, convicted me and I'm sentenced to stay here for twenty years. Do I repent? Yes, I do. But wait till I tell you of what I repent, and why. I repent that I ever believed a man could be anything but a living lie. I repent because every noble thought, or hope, or ambition, or earthly trust, is as dead as dungeon-bleached bones in me as dead as my child in its murdered dust. Do I repent that I killed the babe? Am I repentant for that, you ask? I'll answer the truth as I feel it, sir. I leave to others the pious mask. Am I repentant because I saved its starving body from famine's teeth? Because I hastened what time would do, to spare it pain and relieve its death? Am I repentant because I hold it were better a grave should have no name than a living being whose only care must come from a mother weighed with shame? Am I repentant because I thought it were better the tiny form lay hid from the heartless stings of a brutal world, unknown, unnamed, neath the coffin lid. Am I repentant for the act, the last on earth in my power to save from the long-drawn misery of life in the early death and painless grave? I'm glad that I did it. Start if you will. I'll repeat it over. I say I'm glad. No, I'm neither a fiend nor a maniac. Don't look as if I were going mad. Did I not love it? Yes, I loved with a strength that you, sir, can never feel. It's only a strong love can kill to save, though itself be torn where time cannot heal. You see my hands, they are red with its blood. Yet I would have cut them bit by bit and fed them and smile to see it eat if that would have saved and nourished it. Beg, I did beg and pray, I did pray. God was as stony and hard as earth and Christ was as deaf as the stars that watched, or the night that darkened above his birth. And I, I feel stony now, too, like them, deaf to sorrow and mute to grief. Am I heartless? Yes, it is all cut out, torn, gone, 
all gone like my dead belief. Do I not fear for the judgment hour, so unrepentant, so hard and cold? Wait, it is little I trust in that, but if ever the scrolled sky shall be uprolled, and the lives of men shall be read and known, and their acts be judged by their very worth, and the Christ you speak of shall come again, and the thunders of justice shake the earth, you will hear the cry, Who murdered here? Come forth to the judgment, false heart and eyes, that pulsed with a cursed strength of lust, and loaded faith with envenomed lies. Come forth to the judgment, haughty dames, who scathe the mother with your scorn, and answer here to the poisoned child who decreed its murder ere it was born. Come forth to the judgment, ye who heap the gold of earth in your treasured hoard, and answer guilty to those who stood all naked and starving beneath your board. Depart, accursed, I know you not. Ye heeded not the command of heaven. Unto the least of these ye give. It is even unto the master given. Judgment. Ah, sir, to see that day, I'd willingly pass through a hundred hells. I'd believe, then, the justice that hears each voice buried alive in these prison cells. But no, it's not that. That will never be. I trusted too long, and he answered not. There is no avenging God on high. We live, we struggle, and we rot. Yet does justice come, and, O oh, future years, sorely ye'll reap, and in weary pain, when ye garner the sheaves that are sown today, when the clouds that are gathering fall in rain. The time will come, ay, the time will come, when the child ye conceive in lust and shame, quickened, will mow you like swathes of grass, with a sickle born of steel and flame. I tremble, shrink in your drunken den, coward traitor and child of lie. The unerring avenger stands close to you, and the dread hour of parturitions nigh. Aye, wring your hands, for the air is black. Thickly the cloud troops whirl and swarm. See yonder, on the horizon's verge, play the lightning shafts of the coming storm. End of Betrayed Recording by Rhonda Fetterman